Mulaney. Dragon Ball Super Dope. You're listening to us, so good job. Check us out Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever the fuck else. YouTube. Go to YouTube. Everyone's like, do YouTube. I'm like, fucking YouTube. Dragon Ball Super Dope. Man, there's Broly and Vegeta. Blah, blah, blah. Let's fly high. By myself today. Because, uh, well, honestly, these doves, man, they've been off to a rough ass start. <laughs> So, and I mean that from like a, a super dope perspective. Um, they've actually been pretty solid episodes. The episodes we've watched have been really good, memorable episodes from within Super themselves or from within, you know, my memory of watching Super uh, when it first aired in Japan. So they've done a great job with the translations and, uh, you know, just the dubbing process here. Actually went so far as to uh, line up. So basically, I opened up two tabs in a browser, had the dub version going in one and the sub version going in the other and kind of just flip back and forth like every, you know, three or four minutes or so and just kind of see how the Japanese scene was then translated into the dub and kind of did it in reverse a couple times too. Like I, I would watch the dub scene and then watch, you know, the original source material from the sub. And then, you know, in, in all honesty, the script translation, just the overall translation of the story. Um, from one language to another, it's fucking flawless. It's, it is. I swear to you, it is like, it it, it is the the sub. Like it, it's like somebody subbed it out and they fucking, you know what I mean? Like duh, that's obviously how this shit is done. But my point is, they did a phenomenal job with this episode. And going forward, I think I would like to do that more and just kind of see, you know, how these dubs that they're doing line up with what the source material looks like. Um, so I did that today and I just wanted to say first and foremost, fucking phenomenal job, such a goddamn faithful translation, uh, such a goddamn faithful interpretation. Great. So shout out Funimation. That was great. Uh, so we did episode 59 today. Protect, uh, Kai Gawasu, destroy Zamasu. And a couple of weeks back, I actually kind of ruined this shit for Mike Norm because I thought that they'd already covered it. Uh, my overall recollection of the Trunks arc, I guess the timeline, which is fucking ironic because obviously this is a uh, arc about time travel primarily. Uh, my timeline for this shit's a little scattered. I remember the events, but not necessarily the order that they happen in. And I kind of just chalk that up to there's a lot of jumping around within the two respective timelines. So it can get a little confusing which happens first, you know. So I told Vape and Mike about it a couple of weeks ago. You know, oh, I think they've already done it. Mike, this is me being a fucking idiot. I think they already did it, Mike. Uh, yeah, it's cool. Beer's just, uh, you know, he's like, Hakai, and he fucking, that was me being a dope, ruining shit a couple weeks ago. Uh, that was the episode today that we got. So when the episode picks up, we are picking up directly from last week's episode where Beerus, Whis, uh, Shin, and Goku go back to uh, go see Gowasu and Zamasu. Uh, so they're like, hey, what's up? You were just here. What do you need from us? And uh, Beerus throws out some kind of lie. You know, he's basically like, oh, yeah, this freaking idiot Goku wants to try to fight you again. We told him it was a bad idea, but he just wouldn't leave us alone until we brought him here, basically. And <laughs> Zamasu, being the fucking pleasant guy that he is, the well-mannered dude that he is, is like, oh, no, that's cool. I don't want to disappoint and Beers and, and we started like, oh, no, no, no. All right, never mind. No, we caught you at a bad time. Sorry. You're busy. You're having tea. Our bad. We're going to get out of your hair. This We'll take this idiot Goku with us. Our bad. We'll never do this again. Our bad. They take off. They stop mid-space. Great little scene uh, where Goku just continues to jettison through space until Whis, like taps his staff and traps him back in that bubble. That was really cool. Uh, very fucking funny scene. Like... This episode, having watched it, I mean, I guess collectively like three times today. I think I was able to watch it three times and take, you know, a bunch of notes and make these kind of comparisons between the dub and the sub. Mainly because this is one of the best episodes of Super, I think. And Funimation did disappoint in the dub. And, you know, having watched the sub alongside it uh, just now. Oh, what a great fucking episode. It has some really, really awesome moments. Um, So... 
the reason that they end up going to go see Zamasu and Gowasu again is unbeknownst to Goku, unbeknownst to Shin, but Beerus and Whis know this. If they go, they're going to be able to like sense some kind of malicious intent, basically, uh, that Zamasu might have because Beerus is more atoned to the energy of destruction. Basically, you know, God of Destruction, no shit, right? But he can basically sense somebody's bloodlust from within them. So he wants to go and really just kind of feel out Zamasu and try to understand, is this guy about to kill somebody? So they stop in quick, they make an excuse to leave, and then they stop in the middle of space, and Whis is like, all right, now we play the waiting game. And they can't do anything preemptively, obviously. Uh, and Beerus and Wiz talk about it a little bit. I mean, first of all, I think it's real fucking strange that, and, and something I definitely forgot about, uh, I did not realize that Beerus could, like, sense the, you know, for lack of a better word, like, the bloodlust within somebody. Like, their um, overall ill intent, like, he can sense that as a god and, and how that aligns with his, uh, you know, just given powers of fucking destruction. So... I thought that was pretty interesting and definitely something that I've overlooked and not really thought about. I don't think it'll ever, um, it'd be cool if it did. Like if there's some kind of crazy fucking enemy somewhere down the line with like lots of malicious intent and nobody can really pick up on it except Beerus. Um, I don't think a plot point like that will ever come up again. It'd be cool if it, if it did, but I don't think that it will. Um, but basically they stop in the middle of space after this. They, they have the, the little confirmation. Yeah. This dude is totally, gonna try to fucking kill Gowasu, but we have to wait for it so they start to play the waiting game there and then that's when they uh look back in on zamasu and Gowasu through the power of Wisa's staff uh he gives them the t uh in in this english translation they say that the t is from earth um and the sub it's like you know some it's a minor fucking it's like a, it's a non-natural t or some stupid shit like that um I'm nitpicking. Uh, <laughs> they give him the tea. Goku asks the obvious question. And Mike made a fucking joke about it uh, last week or the week previous. Um, you know, was it going to be poison tea? And, and that's kind of the gag for a second there. Um, one thing I did want to point out is the sub to me felt a little bit more comical. <laughs> like, especially in these scenes where the, it's like, the you know, the mini fake outs. Like, oh, my God, is this the time where where Gowasu's going to kill Zamasu? Is this what's happening right now? Uh, the Japanese, I feel, did a little bit better with the comical delivery of that, which is actually, you know, kind of different because I feel like Funimation goes the comical route more times uh, or more often than they go the serious route. Um, and, and the Japanese, I feel, is kind of inverse. But the comedy that does come through in the Japanese is, is pretty fucking funny. And this was a good example of it. Um, is that tea poison? And they're all just like, oh, the fucking quick shot. Um this is, this is such a fucking fun episode because they, they're basically playing the role of the audience. It's like, I remember watching this when it first aired at the time and I'm like, how in the fuck do we make sense of this? How is this possible? All right. Last week I found out that Zamasu and Goku Black uh, were working together and I was fucking convinced that, that Goku Black was Zamasu. And like now that they've kind of pieced together that they realize that Zamasu's you know ultimate goal is that he wants to murder Gowasu, steal the time ring, be able to gather the super dragon balls, wish for, you know, immortality or, or whatever you want to call it, uh, an indestructible body. And then also, you know, make another wish for um, basically to take over Goku's body. So uh, as they're starting to piece this together, we as the audience are starting to piece it together. And that's what I feel it was was really what this arc was successful with was kind of. I mean, they leak out little details, you know, like we we just got a bunch of them through the Tournament of Power. That wasn't something for the Tournament of Power. They did it for the Trunks Arc 2 back then. Obviously, they've, they've always done it. So the pieces they leaked out never gave away like the specific plot points in concrete sometimes. Uh, they never really gave it away. Much like, you know, the Tournament of Power kept us on our toes while giving us just enough to, you know, continuously talk about it. Um, so I, I feel like... The way this arc is constructed, while it does, you know, flow pretty well up until, you know, the, the fucking end, <laughs> uh, while it does flow really well, um, they never really made it super obvious. And I think that's obvious as to what was going to happen next. Uh, obvious as to, you know, who who uh, Goku Black's identity was. Uh, uh, just... It, they did a good job keeping us on our toes and actually writing a really interesting story. And, and again, 
I I've said it a couple of times since we've switched over to dubs. I really love this arc. And when I think of Dragon Ball Super, I think of this arc. I mean, not only is Trunks probably my favorite character, future Trunks, um, but this this arc is Dragon Ball Super. It's the first really good story in Dragon Ball Super. Like the U6, U7 tournament was cool as fuck, but what the hell's the story there? Oh, it's a tournament, and what are they fighting for? Dragon Balls. Go fucking figure. I haven't seen that story a billion fucking times over the last 25 years. Uh, not to shit on that U6, U7 tournament, because I do love that tournament, and Hit is one of the best characters to come into Dragon Ball in a very, very long time. Uh, but we've seen the tournament format before, man. You know, give us something different. And this gives you something different while giving you something familiar uh, with with future trunks because he was on a good stretch of Dragon Ball Z. Everybody loves Dragon Ball uh, Z from what the Android saga, you know, through the Cell Saga. I think that's my favorite. Um, that's my favorite saga in Dragon Ball as a whole. Definitely, they give you something familiar. They give you a new story with a fucking evil Goku. Granted, we've seen iterations of evil Goku in the past. Um, you know, especially with like Turles and things like that. Uh, but it gives you something new with the time travel and an evil god from another universe. It opens up that whole, you know, multi-universe thing to a higher degree because you know about Universe 6. But this now we're dealing with Universe 10. Uh, this arc fucking rules is my point. Uh, but it gives you a, a really good all-around taste of what Super is as a series, what it's good at, what it's bad at. Um, you know, and it also gives you some of the really, I think some of the coolest moments in the series, including in this episode. So back to the overall plot lines here, we then flash forward to the future, uh, after that little tea gag and we see, um, the future where you have Goku Black and Zamasu, uh, kind of talking through, oh man, we just let Goku and Vegeta and Trunks slip through our fingers again. That's a real pain in the dick, basically. And, uh, Zamasu kind of makes the, uh, kind of confirms the Black. He says, Listen, they can't beat us, and to be honest, you know, it's probably better that Goku sticks around anyway because you having fought him these few times, you've gotten so much stronger that, you know, try to squeeze all of you can, all that you can out of, you know, the continued confrontation of the Goku. If they come back, we know that we can beat them. Um, but, but, you know, use that experience to get stronger. And really speaking more to, like, the Zenkai boost that a Saiyan gets, you know, after a huge, crazy battle. And what I dig about this scene as well is they have that dialogue. It's like, well, if you made one of you uh, a mortal or with an eternal body, I think eternal body is probably the more appropriate way to categorize it. If you made one of you that way, why didn't you make the second one of you that way? And I don't know if it's the arrogance of a god there probably taking over because, you know, the Zamasu, the present Zamasu there, or the future Zamasu, this is, shit always gets sticky with time travel. Uh, so this Zamasu, the, the, the one that's not going to get erased, He's got the eternal body, you know, he he can't be destroyed, indestructible, whatever the fuck you want to say, you know what I'm getting at. Uh, and he asks Goku Black, like, why did we do that for you? Like, we should have just gotten the Super Dragon Balls and wished for, you know, an immortal body for you as well. And he's like, nah, I kind of dig this, you know, anyway, if, I, if I'm immortal, I'm never going to get stronger, basically. You know, the only way I'm going to be able to ascend further is, like, he kind of takes, like, that Goku role, like, the dark Goku role. He's so power obsessed, obviously for much different reasons than good Goku is. Uh, but like, it's almost like, again, I don't know if it's supposed to be uh, his arrogance as a Kai who feels like mortals aren't worth, uh, you know, anything uh, should all be, you know, part of the zero human plan. Uh, I don't know if it's that side of it or if it's like, you know, because it's very similar to how a Saiyan is, except, you know. He's not a good saying. He's he's a dickhead saying. Um, obsessed with power and, and the main reason that he doesn't want to get that eternal, um, impenetrable, impenetrable. <laughs> the reason he doesn't want to get uh, an immortal body like that is because that's going to limit his ability to get stronger through the Zenkai boosts uh, that Saiyans get after a big crazy battle. So I just thought it was interesting that they kind of referenced that. I didn't remember that they referenced that, you know, because I haven't really watched this shit or rewatched it since it originally aired. So I'm relearning this shit too uh, with y'all. If you guys are watching the dubs, watch the goddamn dubs. You also do have another quick shot after that in the same timeline there of my basically just, you know, holding down the floor underneath the ground in the tunnels. 
uh, you know, with a couple little kids who run up to her. Hey, Mai, what's up? This fat fuck Yajirobe was hiding this shit. You want some? And, you know, Yajirobe's like, oh, thanks for selling me out, you dopes. Want to say it again? Dude who's the voice actor for the dub in Yajirobe, he's better than the sub. All right? There you go. Also, I think the guy who plays Sal. I think I like him more than I like the sub actor. Um, heard it here first. Super dope! While I do have problems with... Uh, Maybe not the inclusion of my in this in in this arc. I don't have problems with the inclusion of her. I do kind of have problems of like uh, how her inclusion is warranted. You know, given the whole multiple timelines thing. I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. If you haven't listened to the other dub episodes that we've done to this point, do yourself a favor. Shut the fuck up. Okay, cut it out. I know it. We don't want to watch dubs. You already saw it in Japanese, but it's still Dragon Ball, man, and it's still really fun to talk about. So cut that shit. Go watch, uh, go watch, go listen to the three previous episodes we've done on the dubs because there's been a lot of good, there's been a little bit of bad, uh, but this is no fault of the dubs here. It's like my inclusion in this story doesn't make all that much sense. Um, just because from a timeline perspective, obviously she gets a wish back to a little kid in the current timeline. Um, the problem being is that she's roughly Trunks' age uh, in this future hell world that Goku Black and Zamasu have jolly well fucked up. So... How is it that she's Trunks' age? Did she get wished to be a kid again somehow? Or what? Like, how does that part of it work? But I do like the fact that they give her some additional shots here, kind of break up the episode a little bit, and, uh, you know, give her a little bit of screen time. Because, you know, the, she's, she is an important part of this of, of this arc in general. And is Trunks's, I mean, outside of saving the world, I mean, the, the character development or the depth uh, of Trunks. I mean, when, when Trunks comes back the first time, right? He comes back because he's like, yo, listen, I'm going to fuck up Freezer for you guys because Goku's late, okay? Uh, oh, by the way, these androids are coming. Get ready, okay? Uh, see you guys in like three years. I'll come back. I'll help y'all fuck these guys up. He comes back as a very, I don't want to say one-dimensional character because th th that's risky, but he he's definitely um, painted in a shade of badass. Uh, I don't know if that's an appropriate way to put it. Um, he's the badass time-traveling dude. And over the course of the cell arc, you see him loosen up or maybe not loosen up, but soften up a little bit. And you kind of get to know him a little bit more emotionally as a character. And he's from this future world, this future fucking hell world where all of his friends and family have been killed. And he's like the only person capable of running around and trying to save human life by fighting these two fucking monster androids. So you see him go from this hardened badass who shows up and chops Frieza in half and obliterates him with one goddamn blast. Cause dude, <laughs> Trunks is the fucking best, dude. All right, straight up. Uh, you see him go from that badass, and over the course of the cell arc, what changes? He he gets to spend time with his mom, obviously, but the big difference in his life is his dad's there. And a lot of that arc is him trying to, the emotional development there, and I realize I'm kind of pulling, like, it's not this fucking deep, but, like, this is how the character kind of changed from what we saw in Z to what we see in Super. And that's what kind of why I'm trying to paint it out for you. Um... You know, he goes from that badass to, you know, he gets to know his dad and he gets to fucking know where he came from. He gets to know about being, you know, what it's like to be a proud Saiyan. He gets to go spend a year or, you know, a day, depending on what kind of uh, time we're talking about here, uh, training in the hyperbolic time chamber, room of space and time. Um, there are a lot of things that Future Trunks, you know, given the circumstances of his future hell timeline, was denied. So when he comes back in the cell arc and gets to experience those things and, and find out who his dad is and just learn more about himself, that kind of gives him a little bit more of an emotional depth. And when you lose him after the cell games are all done and he goes back to the future and, you know, he has whatever, one or two episodes where he goes and finishes up the androids and uh, fucking takes care of Cell in the future after that. Like, it's all fucking badass and it's a great wrap-up to that arc and you have some character development there. So the risk that you run bringing him back in Super is, well, we kind of already seen his experience, right? Wrong. They kind of recycle the premise, future hellish fucking world with Goku Black. Okay, Trunks has been through this before. Kind of, kind of uh, reestablishes him as that badass. He's like the one true hope for the world, fighting off fucking evil gods and shit, and has managed to, you know, basically avert all the major other crises that happen throughout the rest of Dragon Ball Z after he leaves with with Dabra, and you know he goes and gets. I think he goes and gets awakened by the Elder Kai, or did he do that? Fuck, dude, I don't know. Now I need to go back and watch this whole effing arc. Could be just giving out bad information. Either way, my point is. You risk cheapening the character, in my opinion, 
uh, by bringing him back in super. Now, did they cheapen? I don't think they did. I think they did a great justice in this one. And the reason they did a great justice on it is because of the foil that he now has in his life and my. Not only do we see Trunks as, you know, all around perpetual badass. Not only do we see him as like this guy who's committed to the future and committed to the ref refugees. No. Uh, committed to the survivors of the future and he's running this underground resistance with his fucking girlfriend and saving little kids and who... <sighs> He's a bad dude is my point. And he's more emotionally mature. I'm imagining, you know, now obviously 10 years later or whatever it is. Um, how do you further that character development? Well, you set him up with a lady friend. Watch him get all screwed up emotionally there. And that's really what drives Trunks for a lot of this arc. Obviously, you know, wants to save the world. But he knows the world is jolly well fucked and it's not going to be that easy to save. He's really concerned about failing and not being able to save his girlfriend, Mai. So... Again, while I do have a couple of issues with the timing and just like the lack of explanation on how Mai fits into the arc from like a timeline perspective and her age, because she should be like pushing 50 and Trunks is like maybe 30 tops. Trunks banging old ladies. If so, kudos to you, Trunks. That's cool. But why does your 50-year-old lady friend look like she's 25? So after we have that quick check-in with Mai back in the future... Uh, we do go back to the capsule court building and there is a sequence where you see trunks sitting on a rock uh, future trunks sitting on a rock and you got the pilaf gang hey, hanging out behind a bush you know my shoe and pilaf uh, just kind of peeping in and being like yo homie is depressed don't point that boy to the bridge and they do have this really funny scene where pilaf's like hey my, go rub your shoulders and shit. This is our chance. This is our chance to take advantage of trunks, which was, you know, kind of fucking funny. The, the, and again, the, the translation from the sub to the dub, because I thought that scene was hilarious watching it in the dubs today. I'm like, oh, man, I bet you the dubs took some liberties with this and really dressed it up to make it this funny. And uh, I went back and watched the subs, you know, just a little while ago. And uh, they're, they're actually pretty, pretty faithful translations for the most part. Like they took a couple liberties here or there, but like. They do a great job in both versions of it. And uh, it's a fucking funny scene. But it gets interrupted by Little Trunks. So I'll call him Little Trunks, I guess. Maybe I'll call him Trunks. And I'll call Future Trunks, Future Trunks. I'll do it like that. So Trunks comes into the scene and he's like, hey, big me, Future Trunks. Basically calls him out for looking all depressed and sad. And he's like, hey, dude, you just get your ass kicked this one time and you're moping around and you're depressed and you're ready to give up. Um, and the dub, he calls him a weenie basically and actually goes so far in, in uh, both the sub and the dub. I mean the, the sub, he calls him spineless, which I think spineless is a little bit more insulting than a weenie, but uh, goes so far as to, you know, call him out for not being able to protect my, and that kind of, you know, kicks future trunks in the balls a little bit. Now, if I'm being honest with you, I said earlier in this podcast that looking back at this episode, this is one of the best episodes of Dragon Ball Super. I don't mean that from like an animation perspective or anything. Uh, for me personally, it's one of the best episodes just because of some of these cool fucking moments. And this moment is the moment for me because, you know, like I said, Future Trunks is my fucking favorite character in all of Dragon Ball. And Cell Saga is, you know, Android Cell Saga, however you want to fucking chunk it out. I, ch I chunk it out into the major villains, uh, Vegeta, Frieza, Cell Boo. Like, that's how I chunk it out, even though there's other mini arcs in there. Um, Cell Saga, Future Trunks as a whole, those are my fucking favorites. And then when you take Future Trunks away and you give me a seven-year-old version of him in the Boo Saga, and he's still cocky as fuck, and he's flipping middle fingers, and he's telling people that he's going to kick their ass, I'm like, all right, at least it's cocky little kid Trunks. Like, that's kind of funny to me. I, I, I can deal with that, even though I just lost the Super Saiyan Swordsman who just sliced Frieza down the goddamn middle. Like, damn G. I love the fact that these two characters meet up. Not only because I love both characters, but also because it's like that one thing that you're not supposed to do in a fucking time travel movie. No. Pretty sure in the first or the second Back to the Future, while Marty McFly is traveling around, he goes back to 1955 at some point during Back to the Future 2 and like has to avoid seeing himself or avoid talking to himself or also could fuck up the entire space-time continuum. So these motherfuckers, what do they do? Well, the little one goes and calls out the big one for being, you know, a depressed fucking bitch about this whole thing. And he's like, I can't believe this. Goes Super Saiyan, says, fight me. If you don't fight me, that's fine. I'll just attack you. 
flies over, punches him in the goddamn mouth. No remorse, no remorse at all. And has the balls after he knocks him flying off that rock to say, you call yourself a Saiyan? Little Kid Trunks kicked Future Trunks' ass into gear. What I hate about this episode, and it's it's a very minor hate, is it cuts back to this fight later on, and it looks like there's been a bit of a fight, and you don't really get to see the two of them fight. But the fight part of it's not important there. It's really, you know, not only the cool thing of seeing Trunks and Trunks interacting and kind of, you know, one trying to give advice to the other. Um, you know, the little Trunks being the fucking, the, the man, I guess. Oh, I, I don't know if it's the man or like, little Trunks being the proud saying and kind of saying, hey man, pull your head out of your ass. You can't quit. That's a cool dynamic shift there that, you know, typically isn't in Dragon Ball. Typically it's, uh, you know, if there's an adult and child scene, it's typically the adult giving the child the advice, right? Never mind the fact that it's a younger version of that same person. That's fucking interesting as hell. I love, I love, love, love this scene. But that part of it cuts away. Uh, after he punches them in the mouth, you know, call yourself for saying it cuts back to space and they're still waiting uh, for Zabasu and Gowasu to, uh, well, basically, they're waiting for Gowasu to get murdered. Like some kind of fucking weirdos. Um, so they sit down, they're, they're sitting there eating the rice balls or whatever that, that we said brought them. And, you know, Zamasu says, now nah, I'm good. I'm, you know, you have it, you enjoy it. And he kind of goes on this little monologue about the interplay between good and evil and, and how he kind of understands now what the balance is, you know, because prior to this, he's been saying all these things about fuck mortals. They're the worst. They should be erased. You know, and, and Gawasu's like, yo, yo, what are you doing, dude? Whoa. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, man? Calm down, you know? Evil? What's up? You're a god. You, you know, we're indifferent to this. We got to let society play out. We, obs we observe from afar, basically. We don't try to disrupt the balance. We're just here to oversee and make sure the balance is maintains. Like, that's what that's what destroyers are for, man. Like, this is what we do. We, we don't, we do not destroy mortals. So all of a sudden, Gawasu's like, excuse me, Salmasu's like, Fuck, I get it. I get it now. You're eating rice balls. You're having a good day. And guess what? Everything you've been trying to teach me for the last a thousand years or however fucking long. Uh, I get it now. It's cool. Yeah, no, that's cool. Balance. And he does this awkward thing where he like walks across the table and kind of just stands behind Gowasu. And that's when you get the next gag of, is it time to go Gowasu? Uh, of he, he chokes on the rice ball, you know, so... Uh, Zamasu raises up his hand. He has that uh, that blue blade around it, and Gawasu then chokes, and everyone you know back in space, <gasps> and then oh, all right, he's cool, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's when <laughs> Zamasu tries again. <laughs> finally, finally is successful in delivering this fucking karate chop to this motherfucker. Tea spills all over the table. Cool, uh, he's dead. He's dead. Smoking dead. So then Goku has a little freak out. Oh my God. We just let this guy get killed. We suck. And that's when Whis is like, what are you dumb? Are you dumb, man? What are you dumb? You forget about the, uh, you forget about the temporal do-over or whatever. <laughs> the temporal do-over. That's what they put it in the dubs. In the subs, it's, it's basically just, um, you know, uh, it's a rewind, you know, like a, like a temporal do-over rewind. Either way, ridiculous OP Whis power, like way to take away the consequences. Not that Dragon Ball was a fucking show with consequences all that often because, you know, the fucking Dragon Balls exist. But now when inappropriate things or, excuse me, when inconvenient things happen, uh, we just got Whis, just taps the staff. Thank God they've only used that twice, by the way. Um, if, they'd, if they'd use that anymore within Super, Jesus H. Christ, like... Get out of the show, Weiss. Uh, I, I love Weiss, but it, to have that kind of failsafe around at all times, like, why am I watching the show again? I know nothing bad's going to happen. Anyway, taps, and that's when he just, uh, and it rewinds, say whatever, I don't know, maybe 30 seconds. They uh, they teleport, and uh, <laughs> one thing I got to shout out the dubs for, man, because I said, <laughs> I remember fucking saying it when uh, when I watched the sub originally when it first aired. Before they transport to the world, Weiss just like makes this thing appear and it, it's like this little kitty mitten, like this this glove. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? Why does he need that? And then he transports there and 
pops it over Zamasu's hand as if that kitten is magical and will stop energy fucking blades or something. Um, neither here nor there. The, the I walked around calling it the kitten for like fucking three weeks. <laughs> fucking Reese used the kitten mitten. Um, and the dubs went so far as to actually call it a kitten mitten today. <laughs> is your cat making too much noise? Like, fuck yeah, Funimation. Good call on the kitten mitten joke. Uh, so that's when they explained to Gawasu, hey, you know, this is what happens. We we kind of basically, you know, here's the proof. Zamasu just tried to kill you. Um and they kind of have this, you know, this back and forth of like, all right, well, how'd you figure out my plan? And Shin, Kyle Shin goes and explains, you know, we, not only not only Kyle Shin, but, but Goku also goes to say, Goku first says, um, you know, I've been to the future. I fought you in the future. You're working with, you know, a future me. And, you know, you, you basically told me your plan in the future. And that's when Zamasu just kind of comes out and confirms it all at once. And he's like, oh, all right. So my plan works out, huh? Cool. And uh, that means, and that's when Shin kind of compounds on that, and he's like, "Hey, he, he just, you know, tried to kill you in an effort to steal your time ring. His ultimate goal: gather the Super Dragon Balls, wish for Goku's body, wish for immortality, uh, you know, wish for basically the 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 version of himself to inhabit Goku's body to work with, uh, you know, another timeline version of him. Fucking convoluted. It's kind of hard to explain. I feel like I understand it, like in my brain, but I feel like I'm not very good at um, articulating it. So either way, Shin compounds on that and just kind of explains it, and that's when Zamasu is just like, "It worked. All right. Well, all the more reason to not let you guys fuck me around on this. I got to get back to work, son. If it works, it works. If it succeeds, it succeeds. I'm not gonna. I'm going for it. And just as he goes to, uh, you know, hit Goku with that blade, Beerus just catches it. In the sub version, he says, don't get cocky, which I thought was badass. But I, I, I like the dub line, too, though. I'm kind of torn on which one I like more. Um, the, <laughs> the, the English line is, it looks like your luck has run out, Kai. Now... I like both lines. Obviously, don't get cocky. That's fucking funny. That's like a Vegeta, that's like a classic Vegeta line used by Beerus, right? It's always cool to hear a line like that. Uh, don't get cocky, Kai. I like the dub used that because they like gave us a hint of what was about to happen next. Don't get cocky, Kai. Hakai. He says Hakai in the dub. And I was fucking in bed last night, fucking reading Twitter, and uh, it appears. A lot of y'all motherfuckers have a real problem with this. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, so you think alright, so God of Destruction, Hakai Shin, right? Um, Hakai, destruction, destroy, right? Um, they say Hakai in the dub. Now, if they use the English version, what would they say? Did would they say destroy? Would they say destruction? I think because he's a god of destruction, they would, you know, Hakai Shin, god of destruction, it would be destruction, right? Like, he'd put his hand up and he'd say, destruction. Which is metal as fuck, now that I just said it out loud. <laughs> destruction. But, in the dub, he said Hakai last night, and there were some people who took some exception with that. Here's what I'll say to the people who took exception with that. Um, You've been saying Kamehameha or Kamehameha. That's how I have to say it, although it takes much longer to say it my way. Uh, you have the Kamehameha. What the fuck's the English version of that? The turtle wave? Turtle wave blast? You think Goku's going to go from Kamehameha to turtle wave blast? No. He's not. Do you think Gohan and Piccolo all of a sudden they're going to stop throwing Masenkos and start blowing, oh, what the fuck is it, like explosive demon wave or some shit like that? Like, what? You think that's going to happen? No. Now, you have the other side of the fucking rule there, too, though. You've got, like, uh, Solar Flare, right? Taioken! I like to say Taioken because I'm almost, you know, I grew up with the sub. So I say Taioken. Uh, but Solar Flare for the dub, it works. It's, you know, I guess a little translation, you know? And uh, it, it kind of gets across what it is. So... Uh, same thing for Krillin. Destructo Disc. That's like, the, that's like the cheesiest fucking name in the world. Destructo Disc. 
destructo. I mean, it is a disc, so I'll, I'll get, the disc is fine, but destructo. I mean, it's fun to yell and shit, but like, kind of corny, no? Why not call it a fucking Kianzan? I don't know. Why we gotta be at? Why do we have a fucking special beam cannon? Why can't we just call it the Mug and Go Sambal? Like, it, how fucking? I don't know. My point is, I think they made the right decision in calling it Hakai just because destroy or destruction. I think is kind of teetering on that cheesy thing, and they've done such a good job with these dubs, man. Um, Kai was great. This super dub has been awesome. Why risk cheesing it up where you don't need to? They do a great job at the serious moments. They do a good job with the comical moments. The comical moments, you know, are always going to be a little corny. Um, I think a lot of that kind of falls on voice acting sometimes, but also just how the script is translated. But they've done a really good and faithful job. Why risk cheesing it up with destruction or destroy when you all motherfuckers know when you first watched that sub and you watched Beerus finally fucking Hakai somebody like that, you know that you went wild. I remember I went crazy. Like I jumped out of my seat just like, what? Rewound it, washed it like five times. Like, Hakai motherfucker. Why risk cheesing it up? I think they made a good decision with the use of Hakai in the dub last night. So people on Twitter, you know, pump the brakes, slow your roll. This isn't something that's new to Dragon Ball. They've, they've been kind of going back and forth between what they want to call techniques uh, for, you know, however long the dubs around 20, 20 years. So shut the fuck up. One other thing I wanted to point out about that Hakai, though, uh, I kind of took a dump on James Marsters, who I... I think his name is David Gray in the credits for some fucking reason. And I don't know why. And I don't understand why. Because it's Spike. But uh, I've kind of been taking a dump on him the last couple of weeks. And I feel bad because I'm a big fan um, of Spike. So um, I did want to point out the scream that Zamasu lets out in the dub today. As he gets the Hakai. <sighs> fucking blood curdling, man. Like that shit was from the soul I'm assuming he did the scream himself. I, I know that um, the screaming aspect of Dragon Ball Z is something that a lot of the American voice actors talk about, you know, just being a fucking strain, obviously, and tiring. So I'm assuming that, you know, Marster's got the same kind of treatment and had to do his own scream. That scream was fucking intense. Okay. Not only that, it seems to me that as the episodes have gone on here a little bit more, uh, they, he's been more consistent in his delivery um a couple of episodes ago maybe it was when we first did the the two episodes a couple of weeks back a couple of weeks ago we talked about you know how sometimes he kind of sounds british sometimes he kind of sounds you know, kind of like he's gonna try to kick your ass like a tough guy like i don't know like honestly scene to scene like sometimes frame to uh, not frame to frame but him in a fucking conversation line by line it, it would just change and it was just inconsistent i think it was a great performance today and that fucking scream from the Hakai, felt it, felt it, James. Big ups, baby. You the MVP this week. Although I think he's got to be co MVP with the voice actor for Beerus, and you know I'm terrible with those names and stuff. But voice actor for Beerus this week, phew, fucking killed it. That Hakai scene was badass. Um, after that scene wraps up, you do go flashback to Earth, and uh, you kind of get the wrap up of the Trunks v Future Trunks fight. Looks like Trunks. Little Trunks got the shit kicked out of him. It looks like he's all beat up and bruised and dirty. And uh, Future Trunks has a couple marks on his face, and he's not even Super Saiyan. So I'm assuming much of the fight that we didn't get to watch is just, you know, little Super Saiyan Trunks going at Future Trunks and trying to kick his ass and teach him a lesson. And Future Trunks probably like, Psh, no, Psh, leave me alone, kid. Psh, fuck off. And when you come in on that shot, you see little super saiyan trunks basically saying what are you quitting on me now like th this fight's just beginning like you know typical fucking dragon ball fashion and future trunks gives him the line like hey no we're fine man um i get what you're trying to say you know it's kind of or it's kind of funny how um you know I, i'm getting a pep top for myself basically and it's a really it's a really cool moment to um you know kind of have him acknowledge the fact that you know, he's in on the audience with this one and he, he understands how cool it is that, you know, a younger version of himself is saying, God damn it, adult me. 
Stop being so fucking lame. Like, doesn't everybody wish they could do that? Seriously. But the other thing that I really like that is highlighted in this exchange is they kind of have like these front cuts of like up close on their face. Uh, you know, future trunks, his blue hair, uh, little trunks with the purple hair. I love the fact that they use that choice of cuts to go back and forth during that last exchange of like, I get it. Yeah, no, I, I hear you loud and clear little trunks. I'm going to win this fight. I love the back and forth between uh, the blue and the purple just because, <laughs> man, it just shoves that fucking contrast right in your goddamn face, right? <laughs> it was such a fun, popular question or something people would complain about. And I've kind of made peace with it myself. Um, trunks with the blue hair in the future when he clearly clearly had purple hair uh in the past so um i think this is how i understand it and i could totally be wrong so if somebody else is out there who who can understand it or explain it more fluidly than i can fucking i'm all ears man but this is how i am to understand it so little trunks he's got purple hair right trunks in the cell saga future trunks in the cell saga he's got purple hair right after the cell saga wraps up from that part of the end of the Cell arc of Dragon Ball Z to what's currently going on in Dragon Ball Super at this point in time with the future Trunks arc, about 10 years have passed. So Trunks is 10 years older than he was in the Cell games, basically. Um, and he's been off fighting the world's battles for himself and just, you know, being all around kick-ass good guy. Word. Um, in that time span, apparently his hair turned blue. So it's kind of a question of like, is it part of the genetics? Is it part of the genealogy? Is it like the hair is getting lighter as they're getting older? Now, to kind of understand where this whole thought process comes from in the first place, and I'm sure I'm not covering uh, you know, anything that you guys probably don't know about, but I just want to kind of explain why I love the scene. Um, going back to Dragon Ball, the manga. So it's drawn in black and white, weekly shonen. So it's drawn in black and white. There's no real colors associated with it. Um, but it was kind of understood in some of the color drawings that were done as part of the series and covers that Bulma had purple hair. And for whatever reason, when you when they made the anime, they didn't give her purple hair. They gave her more of like a, a blue, you know, turquoise kind of hair, like the, you know, the current color that she's had all throughout the anime. Now, when it comes to Trunks as a character when he's first introduced in you know the before the android saga when he comes and you know fucks up freezes day real quick um uh, he's got purple hair and the reason he was designed with purple hair was to kind of rectify the, not only kind of hint at the fact you know because back then not that i was alive watching dragon ball live back then it was probably like 1990 so i don't know i don't know what year this what what year that episode aired i kind of want to know now but i was probably like one so my point is, I wasn't part of that week-to-week -week suspense of like, who the fuck is this future Trunks? Like, not even future. Who the fuck is this guy who just fucked up Frieza and went Super Saiyan? I thought there was only like two and a half Saiyans left on the planet. Where the hell did this guy come from? And I wonder if they kind of gave Trunks purple hair back then to kind of hint that he had some kind of tie to Bulma. Even though Bulma, within the anime, had the blue hair. Famously in the manga, she's always had purple hair. Um... Uh, so maybe it was a way to hint at her. Maybe it was a way to kind of like, I don't know, rectify the fact that they made her have blue hair when it should have been purple. But give her son purple hair. Cool. Got a tie to Boma. Big part of the uh, of the story there. So to have so many people kind of wonder and debate and like, why is it like that? That's an inconsistency. This show's a piece of shit. Like I heard all of that stuff when this first happened and Future Trunks came back and had blue hair. I think they kind of took the opportunity to have it link back to the anime. Like they gave him purple hair in, in Cell and in, in Dragon Ball Z to, you know, time the Bulma. And I, I don't know, could they just give him blue hair back then? I kind of like the idea of as Trunks gets older, his purple hair lightens up and it gets kind of bluish, matches more of what his mom has. I like that idea. But the back and forth there is something I really appreciated. Another really cool part of this episode. So... At that point, after they shake hands and risk the fucking very risk the very real event of a potential uh, disruption of the time space continuum, selfish pricks. Um, that's when Whis, Beerus, and Goku come jetting back down to Earth, and they tell Trunks, "Hey, Beerus just took care of business and fucking hakkaid that guy back to you know wherever." Um, and Beerus in the sub. 
he sounds very unsure of himself. He said, you know, now that I'm now that a God has destroyed him, it has to change the timeline. It has to change the timeline. And the dub, he sounds a lot more confident. Like I'm a God. When a God fucks up another God, that changes the time flow of everything. And yeah, you're cool. Bulma in both version goes on to call him out and say, yeah, man, you fucking better be sure. If you're not sure, I'm going to let you know about it. And so you have uh, Trunks just kind of say, yeah, I don't know if that's going to be the case. You know, like the the time where I came from, the androids, um, even though the, I came back to the, the past and helped you guys defeat the androids, it didn't change my future. I still had to go back and defeat them myself. So I'm not sure this is going to work. And, you know, Beer's kind of gives him the, the reassurance again. Like, hey, I'm a god. Fucking listen to me. Goku seems to agree. Hey, he's a god. He would know, right? Right? Right, though? I don't know. Who knows? I don't want to ruin the next episode for some of y'all motherfuckers. Not that anybody's complaining about me ruining these because, you know, they've been out for a while. Um, but yeah, man, uh, this this dub is actually, we picked up at a good time. I'm enjoying these episodes. Funimation's doing a great job. Appreciated the Kit Mint joke today. Overall, episode 59 is a solid fucking entry for Dragon Ball Super. So... That being said, make sure you subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. If you are on Apple Podcast, I would super appreciate if you could give us a rating and uh, write us a positive review. Uh, basically, it helps other people find our show who are into Dragon Ball. Um, Spotify, make sure you follow us and uh, you know get the new episodes every Monday. Uh, what else? YouTube? I don't know. Everyone's like, build a YouTube page. I'm like, I'm I don't know. Maybe. I'm unemployed now, so I could probably learn how to use a video editing program. So look out. <laughs> YouTubers. Uh what else? Uh oh yeah, Twitter. DB Super Dope, the number one. Uh, make sure you go follow us there and uh keep up with uh, you know new episode releases, but also I just tweet a bunch of random Dragon Ball shit, lots of funny shit. Uh so go follow us there, talk some shit with me there. Uh, Facebook, Dragon Ball Super Dope. Go like our page and uh, DragonBallSuperDope.com. That's a thing. Uh, what else? I think that's pretty much it. Oh, one other thing before we get out of here. Basically, I'm had I'm I've had it with the dubs, uh, not having any episode previews. When each episode ends, I I want. A fucking preview of the next week. Like I need to get ready for what's gonna happen next week, and I realized that, you know, maybe it's because they'd rather sell that time for for advertising when they air it on television. Maybe they don't feel the need to include a preview for next week. Um, they fucking should, man. Especially if they want the dubs to succeed. Especially, especially, given the fact that Dragon Ball Super within an hour of airing in Japan, we've got we've got streams to it in the U.S. Like. Build an event around the dub because there's still a demand for the dubs. There are still a lot of people who prefer the dubs over the subs. Either way, so long as you're enjoying Dragon Ball, dude, that's all that really matters, right? The people who enjoy the dubs, I, I, t in all honesty, I feel like because the Japanese are so immediately available and you don't have to wait for a sub anymore, uh, or excuse me, you don't have to wait for a dub anymore, um, I feel like the dub fans are kind of getting fewer and far in between. Um, it's always going to be, you know, the diehards, Joey B, I'm looking at you, buddy. Uh, that kid will fucking rock dubs to the day he dies. I get it. But I feel like it kind of plays into, like, you know, just the immediacy of, of the internet and high-speed internet and social media and the immediate gratification of having it right there and then. Nobody wants to wait a fucking year and a half for dubs, man. <laughs> I want that shit now. Oh, it just came out in Japan. An hour ago, I want it now. So dub fans to me are kind of fewer and far between uh, lately, or at least since this show has been airing on TV. doesn't seem to me to have a, a huge, and I don't know. I don't know what the fucking ratings look like. I'm completely talking out of my ass. I'm sure if, if somebody at Funimation heard this, they could be like, oh, yeah, that kid doesn't know what the fuck we pulled in for ratings the other night because he's a goddamn bum. All completely valid. Uh, my point is, I feel like from a, a community perspective, so a lot of people don't want to wait. And so my point in saying this is why not give me a fucking episode preview at the end of each episode? If I just sat through an episode 
sat through the fucking credits on a goddamn Saturday night or whatever. Make sure, because I'll tell you what, man, if I'm sitting home on one Saturday night watching anime at 1030 on a Saturday, it's probably not like an anomaly. It's it's probably something I'm likely to do again in the future. Uh, Perhaps next Saturday night, I, again, will be sitting on my fucking ass watching cable, people who haven't got the cord yet, uh, watching cable, uh, you know, watching a fucking anime. Why not try to earn my business for the following week? Like, why you have my attention? <laughs> like, I just sat through the fucking yuka yuka dance, dude. You know, like the English version of the yuka yuka dance. Yuka yuka dance. And you're not even going to give me an episode preview. Prick prick move. Prick move. I wish Funimation. I lobby Funimation. Think about adding some episode previews. Even if you have to recut them so that they do not give as much away as the Japanese previews do. Um, you got the footage. You could probably recut it and do a, another... Uh, you know, narrator monologue, whether it be Goku or whoever, given, hey guys, it's me, Goku. Like, fucking do it, dude. Earn the people's business while you got their attention. Let them know, hey, I'm back again next week. Brand new episode, 10.30 or 11. I don't know, is it 11? I don't fucking know. I don't watch them on live TV because I got shit to do on Saturday nights. Uh, earn the fucking business while they're there, Funimation. And cut out the shit with your rap. <laughs> me and my boy Dan... We fucking got a Funimation Now account. Y'all motherfuckers don't even upload the dubs in like in a timely fashion. Like six weeks behind. Five of my hard-earned dollars that y'all motherfuckers just stole. And now I got to go through the arduous process of trying to delete my subscription information. That's going to be a pain in the ass. I know it doesn't sound like a huge task, but you and I both know it's going to be a pain in the ass. Dan, if you already did it, tweet me instructions. <laughs> Alright, I'm done Funimation, y'all did good today Except for that beef I had with the app um, Yeah, super dub um, Yeah, subscribe, rate, review, whatever Love you guys And uh, talk to you soon